Welcome to Impact the World, where I speak to creatives, entrepreneurs, healers about their work in the world. And this week, my guest is Shannon Kaiser. Shannon has written six books, and her books focus on various topics from joy to happiness to self-love. Her latest, Return to You, is all about unshakable peace. Shannon spoke to me a little bit about her own background with anxiety and depression and what led her on a search to align with her purpose and align with happiness and why she is so passionate about bringing that to the world. It was a delightful conversation. So I hope you enjoy. And if you want to find more of Shannon's work, you can find her at playwiththeworld.com. And as ever, we will put links in the show notes below. If you are a fan of this show and we are an independent show, it means a lot to us if you subscribe, rate or review on whichever platform you're watching on. Thanks for your support. And for now, enjoy Shannon Kaiser. Shannon, welcome to the show. It's really lovely to have you with us. It's so good to be here with you. Thank you for having me on. So you have been busy because, um, you know, we were just talking for a minute and you said that you've just released your sixth book, which is called Return to You. And it's all about unshakable peace, which I think at a time like this is uh, so needed. And one of the messages of your book, I know, is the peace is within us. Um, but before we go into some detail about the book, you know, I was fairly new to you and your work before a few weeks ago. How did you come to be a writer and a speaker and a creator in the world of self-growth and spirituality? Yeah, it's such a beautiful question because I do feel that I'm living my purpose and my passion doing all this work. I really am so aligned and I'm here to help people align to their true self, but it wasn't always this way. And it came this way through kind of a dark night of the soul, if you will. I was in a completely different career. This is over 10 years ago, was climbing the corporate ladder, working in advertising. And at the time it looked like I had it all. I was dating a man who wanted to marry me. I was working with celebrities, had a ton of money, didn't even know what to do with it all, living in a beautiful city. But at night I would cry myself to sleep. I was addicted to drugs and I was silently suffering for some really devastating eating disorders. And I went to the doctor and she diagnosed me with clinical depression. And that was a turning point for me because I came home that night and it was unlike all the nights before where I usually cried on the bathroom floor, but this night was changed the trajectory of my life because I said, I can't do this anymore. It is so exhausting to try to live the life the world wants of me versus the life I really want. And in that moment, the air around me thinned out. It felt like benevolent love. It felt like my, my guardian angels, God, universe source, my higher self wrapped me in love and said, Shannon, follow your heart. And it felt so simple. And it, was so aha, you know, like clouds parting in the air. And every day since then, I truly have been following my heart and it's led to the career that I do now. And truly, I know what it's like to be so out of alignment with self that it causes depression. It causes addiction that now it is my mission to help people get back to them and return to them. And for those who haven't experienced clinical depression or perhaps haven't been around people with it, what characterizes it? You know, what, what were you experiencing or what might some of the signs be for someone listening or watching who's wondering, oh, I wonder if that's me. 
Yeah. You know, that's one of the first things that uh, some people closest to me said after I wrote a book about me being depressed and how to get out of it and find your happy is we didn't know you were depressed. And it's often because it's a very isolating experience. I know for me, it was part mental in the mind, in my brain. I felt like I was a burden to other people. I It, it affects your social life. Um, but sometimes just checking in on people. You know, I had a really good support system and I had friends that knew something was off. Something's off with Shannon. So I'm going to spend more time with her. I'm going to be with her. So checking in is really important. But I think when we're talking about mental health and depression and anxiety, it's tied a lot. I have learned in my journey to there's different layers. And for me, that depression at that time was really tied to me not being in alignment with self. And I often say our anxiety and our depression is not here to limit us, but free us from an aspect of our life that is no longer in alignment you know, but I also know that it's a chemical imbalance. I was having some mental, uh, emotional and physical imbalances in my gut. I think it's 80% of our serotonin is in our gut, you know, and that's the feel good memory, kind of the boosters. So there's so many layers to it. I suggest if you're considering, if you're in a position where you're wondering if someone close to you is suffering, just check in on them first and foremost, and let them kind of be who they are. It's not about trying to fix or you know, apply that kind of toxic positivity over it. I love what you just said, because I, I was on your Instagram earlier today and, and I'm paraphrasing now. I can't remember what it was, but there was one of your posts that really caught my eye and it was the wording was very good. But the the gist was, um, you know, don't don't suffer in silence. Don't let this state that you're in stay inside you. Can you express it? Can you let it out? That's the way for it to heal. And I definitely like many people spent many years in my life in inner torment and in in hidden inner torment while i was you know coping in the world the way so many of us do until i got to that place where i realized i also had to learn to let it out and find the people i could trust where i could do that and get used to doing that as a healthy practice so i really resonated with that on Instagram and what you just said. Thank you. And I do think to that token, we're actually stepping into a time in society where I've seen almost like a cultural shift where it's almost becoming apparent that we have to be authentic. I know on your channel, you talk about that a lot and the alignment it's, it's a burning inside of us. And I feel that, you know, I had this 10 years ago, but there's always different layers and it really does come back down to self-love and self-expression when you self-expression isn't just, just dressing and saying what you want to say, but it's about honoring your true self and your needs and staying in integrity with self. And I feel that when we do that, the universe starts to, to bend over and fold for us and support us. And at first it can be very scary and we're living and worried about what other people think, but I've learned in my journey and I work with my clients as well to see time and time again, the more true you are to yourself, the more supported you are, the more you feel loved and appreciated for just being you. And that's what we all want to be seen to be acknowledged and acknowledgement is love in action. Hmm. And I know you coach now and have been coaching for a long time. And I'm just curious, what were you doing in the corporate world? What was your role? Yeah, it was actually, it's great that you bring this up because I was a graphic designer. I was an art director in advertising and I worked at one of the largest agencies in the world. So we had some really big accounts and I'm glad you bring that up because interesting enough, I was very creative and I got very burnt out and I kind of pushed away the industry and blamed it for my depression. 
several years later, after writing many books, I fell into another sort of mini depression. And it was very different than the one before, but I asked myself, well, why anxiety? What's happening? Why am I feeling this way right now? And I did some meditation. I have a spiritual practice that I lean into. And it said, you're not being true to yourself. You are a creative person. Start creating. So I started to design more. And, and in my brand and my website and all of my coaching materials, I do all the graphic design. And that actually led to my recent card deck that I got to design little mini, mini Oracle deck called Unshakable Inner Peace. So I realized it is about full circle, honoring yourself since we're on the topic of being true to you. You know, I, I truly believe we are all creative. And it's not just designing or writing books, but, you know, having a great conversation with someone, cooking dinner and trying new ingredients, like to be a creator is to be human and to express yourself. And that's part of why I feel we get dormant and bored and depressed. So express yourself creatively is just step number one. I love that aspect of your journey, because I think often we get a very black and white idea of, oh, I need to leave this other job to go and do this other thing. But if you really look at what you were doing before, yeah. most of the time there are some skill sets in the things that we were doing before that wasn't quite right for us anymore, but there are things that we take with us. So I love that you got to do that. And you are a representative of multidimensionality, which you know, when I first started channeling 24 years ago, my guide said, you're going to become a more multidimensional world and a more multidimensional humanity. And I know some people question what that concept means. To me, it's that we don't have to fit in one box. Yes. We, you know, none of us really do. If you think about it, we can be a parent, a sibling, a friend. There's so many roles we play, but often in society, we're supposed to be in one box. And I think that's breaking apart, which is great. Oh, I'm all here for this as well. I agree. I don't like labels. I, I don't feel even fitting into a certain box with how we eat or what we choose to wear. It's about always being true to yourself. And I love that, that idea of multidimensionality. I'm right here with you. Mm. So you just released in April, 2022, your sixth book, Return to You. <laughs> now, because I kind of know how the publishing industry works, am I right in thinking that you were either finishing that book in 2020 or you were writing it in 2020? You are 1000% correct. I actually, uh, interesting enough, I was having some anxiety back in 2019 on a book tour for a book that's all about joy. And that was kind of when I was not designing. So I sat down to design these cards and my inner voice was, it was my my ego. A lot of that anxiety was like the ego was saying, this is all going to go away. You're traveling the world, teaching people about joy. Who do you think you are? And I started to really practice a radical new level of faith. I started to turn my fear into a process of understanding it, alchemizing it, and really knowing that it's here to help and not hinder. And then through that, I became even stronger in my faith. And faith is not necessarily the religious practice, but my spiritual practice. And I started to develop this, this program. And so flash forward to March 2020, we all know what happened then. I was literally signing the contract for my final, I was going on a world tour to speak in different countries every month. That's something I'd been working for for my whole career. And within 24 hours, all the contracts fell through, canceled, obviously for reason what we were going through. Uh, but my ego had a chance to say, look, it is all going away. Look, I told you. And I caught it in a moment right away. And I said, no, this is a chance to go inside, go deeper and really discover the process to inner peace. Because the world is in more chaos than we have ever experienced. And I'm going to write this book. And I truly did stay very peaceful throughout the most turbulent time we've experienced as a culture, at least since we've been here on, on in this life. And it helped me really understand that peace 
is within us and it's not outside of ourselves. And we bring it to everything we do. So no matter what's happening out in the world, no matter what, and we live in a chaotic world, we have the potential and opportunity to be calm when we connect to the love that we are. So before we dive into some of the principles in the book, firstly, I love that your book Return to You was happening at a time when whether we liked it or not, or whether we were in pain or loss or not, there was a level of returning to ourselves that was happening for everybody for different reasons and different cases. But I'm, I want to pick up on something you just said. You were on your book tour for your book about joy yeah. and you were going, who am I to speak about joy? And when I hear you say that, it makes me realize we have this cultural mistrust or misbelief about the fact that we can be in joy. Mm. You know, oh, it's selfish. How can you be in joy when this person's suffering? And it's so knotted up, yeah. all of our ideas about joy. So given you were as an advocate for that and, yes. and somebody who was out there introducing that level of thought to everybody or, or to people who were just considering it for the first time, maybe, mm -hmm. what do you think our, or what have you noticed is one of our biggest objections to being in joy or why we think we shouldn't be in joy? Yeah, I think that is something we are all experiencing at different levels. Now, more than ever, I'm starting to see us return to joy, which is really returning to ourselves. It's it's that we are here to experience life and to really, it's our birthright to be joyful. I think we live in a culture and a society, no matter where you are on earth, where we're almost trained and in doctrine to kind of believe that you don't deserve to be happy and you've got to keep striving because it keeps a lot of industries going when you keep putting money into stuff and never, ever happy with where you are. So it actually becomes about contentment and not looking at that as settling, but knowing that contentment can be happy. And, and joy is really about accepting yourself as you are now and knowing that joy isn't something outside of ourselves. It's about waking up to life as it is. And so you're right. I was on book tour. I wrote the book. I am one that practices what I preach. Obviously, uh, I live my messages. I live through the books and it was interesting that that came up. I also started to realize a deeper level of myself, which is that I am an empath and I pick up a lot of emotion and feelings and I was traveling a lot. And I think I was also picking up a lot of the feelings of people I was working with in, in the space of, we don't feel that we deserve joy because there's so much suffering on the planet. Anybody in your community, anybody in my community, we have such big hearts. Many of us are empaths. We're, um, you know, clairvoyant and, and spiritual. And in this place, we often will take it upon ourselves to take on the pain of the world. And so I recognized in part, I was doing that. And so once I realized this isn't mine, and that's something we can do, just if a surge of energy comes over you. And I knew it wasn't mine because it was like a wave, a tsunami of grief, of pain, of frustration, but it was anxiety. And I said, is this mine? And some of it was, but most of it was the collective. And I think we're all becoming more connected now. We're becoming and realizing we're one. So that collective energy is important to recognize. Totally. And I totally relate to what you're talking about with touring and things. Um, so joy, before we go to peace, I just want to stay on joy for a second. Little Shannon, like pre pre age five or six. I love this. What I actually got a picture use? of her right here. 
Oh, fabulous. Oh, <laughs> I just oh, keep her oh. on my desk. She's cool as well she's as in, joyous. Oh, that's, she's that's quite very groovy. sweet. You say that she's in the water because she's a Pisces. <laughs> oh, so what, well, I was going to say what brought her joy. Clearly the water is one of them. That's it. <laughs> the water. Uh, you know, that's actually such a beautiful question. This is one of my favorite questions to ask, especially when we're feeling stuck. What did you love to do as a child? And when I was diagnosed with depression, the first thing I didn't know when I got that guidance, follow your heart that I want to do writing and help people. I just knew what I didn't want to do. But the very first question I asked myself is, well, when is a time in your life, Shannon, that you felt joy and you felt like your best self? And I went back to literally that picture. That's why I have her on my desk. And it was also when I write, I would sit out in nature, like on recess, I would sit on the field in the grass and write. And I got bullied and made fun of so much, but I was writing, I was doing, expressing myself and I was in nature. And so I returned to that. I started my career as a writer, as a travel writer and started writing for magazines. And that led to the books and that led to the coaching, but I just knew I needed to write as a form of self-expression. I'd love to know for you, what does little you love? Well, it's hilarious because the water, like I'm a water baby. And yes. even even now, like I'm in the water six days a week, seven days a week. And if I'm not, then I notice. Exactly. Um, but it took me until into adulthood, like in my 30s was when I really figured that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and for me, it was funnily enough, I was just recently remembering we've been having some visitors lately. Uh, and we've also, we, we traveled for the first time internationally for two years. And I noticed how much it lit me up mm. to be around community and to be with people. And then when I wasn't, I was like, oh, yeah, you, you've, you've got so good nice. at this introvert thing. And you've, you know, <laughs> you definitely deepened. But actually, my, my truth is okay. I do light up when I'm around people, too. I think, like many, I'm sure, over the last two years, <laughs> had a lot of quiet time. So, yeah, that. Yeah. And I think what you're sharing is so, so beautiful because it's connecting to our little us, but community is really important. And I think we're seeing that now more than ever as well. Yeah, for sure. So mm -hmm. writing was very much in you when you started to birth return to you. Mm -hmm. What were some of the principles that you, that you felt called to share in that book about how we have a relationship with peace? Yeah, well, the very first one that came and really shows up, and it's something we hear in the spiritual community, and it's something Summer Bacon and Dr. Peebles talk about, but it's we live in a school called Planet Earth, and we are on this school, and there are so many lessons. And so I asked myself when I was having those anxiety attacks, I am having panic and anxiety. What is the opposite of this? You know, the Tao tradition talks a lot about what is the opposite to know something. You must really know the opposite in Buddhism and all these different cultures. The interesting thing is, I was like, the opposite of this is peace. So I am in a master class of inner peace. And that was the kicking off point. And it really led me into this beautiful journey of really leading lessons step by step, step by step, how we can go through and show up in our life more fully in the moment. And as you probably know, when you write and do videos, the universe really responds. And so I would be writing a chapter and then all of a sudden a lesson would reveal itself. One of the ones that stands out the most is I live just outside of Portland, Oregon, and we were experiencing wildfires, which we had never seen at the time. And I know you, where you're at, you probably get them more often. 
Uh, it was very devastating, of course, as it always is as a natural disaster. But if you think about inner peace and something so out of your control, how could I possibly have peace when there is a natural disaster right out my door? So I'm writing and trying to write this chapter uh, that really became apparent to me because we really couldn't go outside. It was a blood orange sky. We had the worst all up and down the West Coast air quality in the world at the time. And I was falling into panic. And I caught myself really quick and I, I meditated, of course, a go-to for me and my inner voice or higher self, God, the universe angels said, if you don't go within, you go without, but that's also a famous quote, right? From, um, spiritual, I, different people say it. And so, uh, when I realized this, it became so apparent that our inner world, we are being put on notice as a world, as a collective. And you've talked about this. So not only did 2020 happen, but our inner world needs tending to. We have been on the go and hustling outside of it. And so it took something outside of ourselves to kind of bring us inward and then look at who we're emerging. It's like that caterpillar that has gone into the, the cocoon. It doesn't know that it's going to emerge on the other side. So it accepts the death of itself. And then it emerges as this beautiful, whole connected being. One of the very first things in a tip that I share is to, I was feeling frustrated because I felt helpless. And I think a lot of us do, especially with the cycle of what's happening in the world. I often say, turn your resistance into assistance. And this is what helped me through the wildfires because I was in panic and that's not going to do anything. And instead I said, okay, what can I do? I was resisting life. Okay. Wildfires are happening. This is happening. So instead of trying to think life needs to look different and stay in this helpless state. I started to gather food around my house. I called my neighbors, checked in on them. I created a GoFundMe, not a GoFundMe, but like a charity kind of way to get money and um, grabbed care packages. The whole community came together. Like you said, community, community brought us out. And so there's a lot of different layers in that, but I like sharing that story from the book because it shows how we can get past ourselves to help each other because that's really why we're here, you know, on earth. Yeah. And it's funny, the Woolsey fire here in Malibu, which was the biggest fire I believe in, was it 20 years or something? And that was 2018 and we were here and, you know, lots of people lost homes and, but I'd never, the community was shattered for a while and there was trauma and there was fear, but I'd also never seen the community so connected yeah. and so willing to help each other and, and look out for each other, even through all that trauma. So, yeah. and, and we hear this all the time, don't we? Major mm -hmm. disasters happen and communities rally around each other in a way, the weird cultural separation that we've been trained into disappears when the chips are down. It's true. It's uh, humanity and love and action. And it's our truth, right? It really is such a beautiful thing to see the human spirit mm. alive and well. You mentioned something that I know will have resonated with lots of people. I know it's a conversation I've had with several of my close people lately, um, with various world events the last few months, that feeling of helplessness you know, and how we have to reckon with it and how I think it's a, it's a growth edge, especially for empaths, healers, uh, people who like to uplift a room or s help people or, and that role can become a role that you have to transform at a certain point. You have to put down the heavy weight of thinking you're supposed to save the world, fix everybody, rescue people, and you transform into something a little lighter, but perhaps you learned everything you needed to while you were playing that role that served you well for the years or decades it did. I know I'm hearing and seeing difficulty with that feeling of helplessness from lots of people at the moment, because certainly the world is more chaotic than many people expected or wanted it to be. 
So is there any advice that you can give around, you know, when, when we're feeling helpless, how can we move through that or see it differently? Yeah, that's beautiful. And I like how you said it like that, move through it or see it differently. I think we are often trained to not feel our feelings, you know, be a a big girl, don't cry, suck it up little, you know, like we hear this and a lot of us are not conditioned to feel the feelings. So very first and foremost, there's a whole section of my book where I, I have a meditation that I lead us through to know that your feelings are safe. And a lot of the work in my coaching practice is about recognizing not feeling is often a trauma response to something that's happened in our past. And we collectively are trying to understand if we feel these emotions, it's not going to take us to the depths, but instead it's going to help us move into the next level and not level, but next vibration, if you will, of awareness. So an emotion or a feeling, you know, another to share with you during the wildfires, I did feel really helpless. I felt so helpless and that energy was very important for me to feel, but to stay in that energy or to utilize it and transform it is a different thing. And so recognize feelings last maybe five, six minutes max, and they've done studies on this. So if you can sit with that feeling, it will move through you. Yes, there are times where you know we're depressed longer or we're feeling more anxious longer in our life, but in general, the feeling. So you identify the feeling, oh, this is anxiety. Okay. I'm feeling helpless. What's opposite of helpless? You know, and you kind of work through that. But then what's interesting is you feel it. And then usually you get information. We're intuitive beings. The information that comes to you is is usually inspired action. And when we take that inspired action, for me, it was, there's more you can do. You can help. You're not helpless. Just call your neighbor right now. And together we created this plan to help others and put care packages for our friends that lost their home. So you start to realize the feelings are here to free us and the feelings we have actually connect us. I will say if anyone who's feeling very helpless right now, one of the very first things we can do is to detach from drama. You know, we get what we focus on. We hear this quite a bit. If you are focusing, you know, on, I know a lot of people here in your community probably aren't watching the news, but then we kind of get hooked in and where we hear friends talking about it and it sucks us back in because it's like this, just all the energy. So what I say is look at what you're consuming and see how it is consuming you. Because if your energy is plummeting, then it's not serving you. If you're allowing it to keep you in bed all day and feel hopeless, like there's no point to move forward, then this is not an energy of, of service. And really that's why we're all here is to step into the love that we are to help be of service to one another. And so it becomes a process of compassion, self-love, nurturing, and understanding. My favorite chapter in the book, Return to You, is your purpose is personal expansion. And I take people through a process of recognizing if you have purpose, just all the work you're doing, Lee, like if we step into that purpose, you really become an unstoppable force of good and love. And this drives us forward. Yeah. You probably still have moments of helplessness. I do too, but we don't stay in it. We're able Mm -hmm. to activate and and really alchemize it. And I really recognize what you're saying about, I notice it, it lasts a few minutes and then I move on. Whereas if I go back in my life, 20 years, 15 years, that wasn't necessarily the case. I would stay in it longer or I hadn't moved through what it was yet, or I hadn't put in place what I needed to help me release it. It's interesting, you know, this chapter that you have, your purpose is personal. I think the other thing that we hopefully are maturing out of as a culture is this idea of end goals. Yes. Because if you really, really pay attention to the stories of people who have gone through a series of transformations in their life or pay attention to your own, you know, any end goal is just leading us to the next point where we either are going to let go or we're going to shift or, and, and it's, it's interesting to me to look at your journey through that lens, 
because, for example, your books, Joy Seeker, The Self-Love Experiment, Adventures for Your Soul, Find Your Happy, <laughs> and most recently, Peace, you know, and, and there, is yeah. a con- there is a continuum there of, of healing and moving through those different states of being. So I want to ask you about The Self-Love Experiment. Yeah. Um, you know, I know for me in my work, self-love is something that I have been channeling about and teaching about for over 15 years. And I've definitely been a student of self-love my whole life, although I didn't do a very good job for about the first 17 years. And um, I'm curious for you, the self-love experiment, what was your personal journey around self-love? Before we get into some of the concepts for everybody, what was your experience of self-love? I call it the self-love experiment because it truly was an experiment. I, part of my eating disorders that I had earlier in life were because I hated myself. I hated my body. A lot of, um, I blame my body for everything and I couldn't even look in the mirror and say anything nice about myself. So I realized, uh, while I was on book tour for a book previous, I was teaching people about happiness, right? It always happens on book tour. (laughs) So I was literally getting ready to go on a TV show to talk about finding your happy, wonderful, awesome, living a fulfilled life. But the night before I was in the hotel room crying because I hated who I saw in the mirror. And I looked at myself and I said, Shannon, you cannot truly be happy if you don't have self-love. To me, it was like, I thought it was all together. And I realized you don't have self-love if you, if you don't even have a relationship with yourself. So my full-time mission became to fall in love with myself. And through that process, it was a three-year, I mean, it's, there's, it's never ending, but the book took about three years to write and it turned into an experiment. And I think that's why the book is so well-received and out in the world, still lovingly touching hearts because when we, and if you notice adventures for your soul, my play with the world, it's all about being in the experience of life. And I really believe when we hook onto that goal, like the goal of the book wasn't to just, you're going to read this and all of a sudden feel self-love, like the page turn right now. It's about growing deeper into your connection with self and falling in love. And I say in the book, falling is really important. Just like in a relationship, there's a wonder, there's a curiosity, there's an excitement. So if we can fall in love with life more, we actually falling in love with self because we are part of life. And so it's a very rewarding process to know that everything's connected. You are not broken. We don't have to be fixed. And it truly is one of my favorite parts of my process. Uh, I lead self-love retreats and all the books, the foundation is self-love. I love it. I love it. And you and I have a similar, like, you know, I had bulimia when I was younger. I lost 60 pounds by the age of 18, but then I was left with all of the mental imprints and it was Mm. like, yeah, you can lose the weight, but the work begins here, you know? Yes. The work begins here. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's interesting because as you say that too, I recognize, I want to share, I know we'll talk about self-love, but one thing I recognize too, is everyone is on their own journey. And I think sometimes when we, and this is part of return to you, it's a whole section. Sometimes we look at other people on their journey, you know, especially with Instagram, all the self-love posters or body positivity, great. But what's happening is we're reflecting back on how we think something's off with us. And I would invite everyone to just really put on the lens of, I love me. I'm going to become friends with me. I'm going to show up for me today. And what does that look like? And one step at a time, we start to build that relationship. Well, that is perfect because I wanted to share a, just a two minute clip of a video that you created in 2017. So if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you won't see the visual, but you will hear what's happening. So I'm just going to share 
you sh you, sh you share a couple of slides at the top of the clip. The, the, the clip is called, I think you're beautiful. And you share that six out of 10 people are concerned with the way they look and opt out of important activities as a result. 95% of people want to change something about themselves. So you asked students, family and friends if you could film them, but you didn't tell them why. And here is what happened. Once you turned the camera on, you told them why. Action. Hi, I'm so glad you're here today. Me too. Thank you so much for inviting me out. Thank you. This is going to be great. So we're actually, I invited you here specifically because I'm taking photos of people I find absolutely beautiful. Oh no! <laughs> oh, thank you! And I think you're gorgeous. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I actually just wanted you here on set because I'm taking photos of people I find beautiful. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. I think you're beautiful. Oh, because I'm taking photos of people I find beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and I think you're beautiful. Thank you. I'm filming people that I find absolutely amazing. Ooh, and you. I think you're amazing. So <laughs> taking photos of people that I find amazing. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. I think you're amazing. <clears throat> I appreciate that. Thing. All because I'm taking photos of people I find beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate that. And I think you're beautiful. Thank you. Personally, because I'm taking photos of people I find inspiring. Oh, that's pleasant to hear. So I'm actually here taking pictures of people I think are awesome. Yes. And I think you're awesome. Thanks. Specifically here today because I'm taking photos of people I find amazing. I'm taking photos of people that I find beautiful. Oh, thank you, Shelly. <laughs> I think you're beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So you end the video by saying, imagine if we looked in the mirror and told ourselves the same thing. And if you're listening to the audio version of this uh, podcast, I highly recommend going to Shannon's YouTube. We'll put a link to the clip in the show notes. Um, I think you're beautiful. But you know what's most telling to me? Uh, we must have gone through about 10 people there, maybe. And the one who received it the best was the one who looked about 10 years old. <laughs> yes. And yes. then everyone else was like a range of being touched but surprised mm -hmm. through to touched and shocked or or slightly taken aback and didn't quite know how to receive it. It's It's such a powerful video and exercise. Um, what inspired you to create that? Well, the self-love experiment, actually, as I was going through the book, it, it became very clear with the process of so many people aren't able to receive. And you were right. The kid, he lit up. And what's really special about this is if we think about the little us and the younger us, it's almost like we, we get trained out of accepting and loving and being ourselves. And my goal with that is to remind us that we are here to be us. So what's interesting, and I think it's really, really amazing, is to start to look in the mirror and even start to celebrate you. But more importantly, what was really cool about that is, you know, sometimes I said, Art, you're beautiful, you're inspiring, you're amazing, because I wanted to give the whole thing is about being beautiful, but 
give yourself genuine compliments, but give people in your life. When's the last time you called your best friend or shared with a family member? I really appreciate this about you. And you kind of, I've started to build that into my life, into my practice. And my relationships are so rewarding and we're connecting on deeper levels and people are taken back at first, but I think it's a great practice to build. It's lovely. You know, and it's funny, one of the things I remember doing a channel many years ago for a group and my guide said something that I'd never considered before. They said, for any of you who are worried about the way you look or perhaps unhealthily obsessed with the way you look in a way that's not healthy for you and is damaging your day, they said, your looks are not for you. You were not designed to land on earth and look in a mirror. Your looks are for other people and what you <laughs> emanate through your looks. And for me, I mean, that was 15 years ago. That was a game changer. And it's always helpful for me whenever I am getting hard on myself because of my history or just that thing that we all can do. We look in the mirror and we go, oh, wow, oh, I don't like that bit. Or I, you know, having to catch that in your mind and affirm something positive instead and to kind of go, oh, we're alive. It's a miracle. We're alive. It's a miracle. We even have a mirror. Yeah. So, you know, try and try and backtrack from some of this unhealthy, diseased societal thinking that we have around the way that we look rather than the preciousness of the fact that we have a physical vehicle that's keeping us alive, that's allowing us to have all these experiences. That's exactly it. Yes. And that's the journey. That's really the journey I take people on. And it's wonderful as you're sharing that because I had full body light up goosebumps, all the cells in my body were excited. And that's another point to this too, is I realized through my self-love experiment that our body wants what's best for us. You know, I spent so much time punishing it, but our body is really our co-pilot. It's our, it's our friend through life. So really becoming friends with your body, but recognizing your body is your house for your spirit and your soul has been the most transformational for me to not realize this is my body. God made me this way. I'm going to do what I can to make it the healthiest I can. But at the same time, like I have stopped the obsession. Thank goodness. Yeah. And you too, and, right? Yeah. No. And the, it's so funny because the comparison thing, I've been talking a lot about this with a few people recently. I was at the dentist yesterday, the hygienist, and um, they have a TV on the screen above you on the, on the ceiling. And, and she asked if I wanted to change the channel. And I was like, no, it's fine. And it was rugby and I never watch rugby, <laughs> but I was really struck by this rugby team and the different bodies that it took to be a rugby team. I was like, wow, you've got one that's really athletic and lean, very muscular, but lean. And then you've got one that's heavier and they're each playing different positions. And I was just watching it going, wow, that's so who we're all meant to be. We're, we're meant to be all the different shapes and sizes, all the different, yes. it was one of those, you know, you know, those epiphanies you get at the dentist. I love it. I love the epiphanies <laughs> at the dentist and just in general, right? And that's the truth too. There is no one body that is the same. Every body is unique and different. Um, and that's, what's beautiful too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I read in your biography, Shannon, that you live in Portland with your rescue dog, Chance. Yes. <laughs> Why is Chance called Chance? I was curious when I saw that. Well, this is very interesting because uh, Chance is actually from China. He's a rescue dog from the China meat trade. And I do a lot of or, uh, volunteer work with rescue organizations. And there's an organization in Oregon called Golden Bond. And in 2018, I was traveling the world writing my books. I like to do that. And uh, I said I was going to be in Southeast Asia. I, I can help escort. So I helped volunteer to bring nine dogs back at that time. They were rescued from literally it was like a farm of golden retrievers. Uh, and then of course it's illegal there. So they 
they lost um, the the camp and a good kind of humane society came in and then worked with the the people here in Oregon. And I flew on a plane across the world with my dog that was soon to be mine. So not only a very special uh, chance, he has a second chance at life, but uh, there was a movie from the nineties called Homeward Bound. Oh yes. There's a dog, Michael J. Fox. And the talking dogs and cats. I remember that. (laughs) Cat was hilarious. And I remember watching that as a young kid and that guy's, the dog's name, first I was a big fan of Michael J. Fox, but the dog's name was Chance and he went on an epic journey to get back home. So it was like a no brainer for me. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that you asked that. And anyone who follows me like on Instagram or anybody who's part of my, uh, he's such a big part of my life. So, you know, I share a lot about him. I think the, the the reason I first got interested in actually looking at Instagram was because people were sending me cat videos. I'm like, oh my God, there's, <laughs> there's a load of cat videos on here. Sure. I'll look at this thing. I tried to uh, make my algorithm all dogs one time. So I only liked and shared and it. I almost got close where the whole feed was golden retrievers. <laughs> yeah. No, you can no, do I, it. <laughs> the dog videos are gorgeous too. And now we have cats. I, 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 I balance that. the two, but before I was, I was missing having cats. Yeah. Um, playwiththeworld.com. What a great website name. How, I mean, that's an obvious uh, affirmation, but how did that come to you? Definitely as an affirmation. You know, when I very first left advertising, I needed a mantra and I wanted a place online that could be a house for not only people to feel safe and welcome, but for me to put my kind of growth journey on. And I had this mantra that was, I play with, I, I, play with the world. My office is the world and I play with it daily is what it was because I wanted to be location independent. I wanted to grow my business and just travel the world. And I am a world traveler. I'm getting back out there now and uh, it's stuck. You know, you can type in Shannon Kaiser and get to the same website, but play with the world is probably going to be my website forevermore because it is also, it's not about gallivamping around the world. That's my passion. That's what I like to do, but it's about being so awake to life and being in the world that you realize play is why we're here. You know, obviously the lessons and the learn, but to vibrate in, into this place of joy, peace, and, and love, it's about playing. Our spirits are here on earth to learn and grow and play. And when our spirit is allowed to be here with us, play has to happen at some yes. point. Yes, it does. It's a yeah. reward and a, a beautiful, rich way to dive into our life. Uh, and play isn't just like frivolous. And I think that's mm-hmm. what a lot of us think in our culture. And, and oh, I can't relax. I mean, there was a time where I couldn't relax because I was so stressed out at work. And it's about reversing that. It's like, I have this picture of me, you know, playing in the water. I, it's like, get back to us. It's all return to you, you know? <laughs> That childlike wonder with the world that we as adults have so often been trained out of or forgotten. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. So Return to You is now out there and uh, it's it's a book that I highly recommend. To mm-hmm. Here we go. Fabulous. Thank you. Yes. 11 Spiritual Lessons for Unshakable Inner Peace. So I highly recommend that to anybody who wants to know more about what Shannon has been sharing. But before you go, what would you what would you say your next three years are going to be about for you, your intention for yourself, your life, your work, any of it? Oh, so beautiful. You know, what's interesting is with each book I write, I, 
I tend to write a book every other year and that's the path I'm on. And within each book, there's always something that's a little bit left undone or my favorite chapter that then turns into the whole next chapter, you know? Uh, so self-love came from a chapter about knowing that you matter and joy came from, you can't have self-love if you're not having a joyful life. So there's a little Easter egg in return to you about the book that I'm slowly starting to write. And I will say it is, uh, such a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, really towards the end of the book, I talk about love in action and how love is all that there is in the sense of waking up to the love that we are so we can truly embrace ourselves on a whole new level. So that's where we're going. And so a lot of it is going to be me researching, writing, living that book, but also more travel, more play, looking to uh, open into more relationships as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, Thank you so much for being here today. It's been delightful to talk to you and I really salute you for all that you're doing in the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So for anybody who wants to learn more about Shannon, her work, as ever, we'll put all the links in the show notes, but you can go to playwiththeworld.com. We will also link to the video, I Think You're Beautiful, and her latest book, Return to You. Shannon, thanks so much. And thank, thank you, you to everyone for tuning in. For those of us who are sensitive, intuitive, or walking a spiritual path, it is our practices and the support that we have in our life that often is the key to how well we can walk through life. Nine years ago, I created the portal to be an answer to that need for members of my community who wanted to go more in depth with my work. And while my work is still very much a centerpiece of the portal, we have now added other teachers, other voices, other offerings, so that the portal can become a well-rounded place for you to receive nourishment and be uplifted, shifted and supported every single month. Here is a look at some of the offerings that you receive every month as a portal member. Once a month, I do a 90-minute live video broadcast. Don't worry if you can't be there live, everything in the portal is provided to you as a replay. But doing it live is a chance for me to be with you as a community. And in that broadcast, I channel, I speak about the energies of the month and expand on my monthly energy update and also take some community questions. Every month you will also receive an MP3 and the MP3 will either be a channeled message from my guides, the Z's, set to original music from Davor Bozik, or it will be an energy alchemy meditation or some other energy teaching. These will be put into your members library and you will have access to them to stream and download. We also give you access to a classics library where we take eight classic recordings from recent years so that you can listen to more. Qigong and wellness teacher Stephen Washington gives you an exclusive Qigong sequence every single month. It's called the Body Energy Update and he takes the themes from my monthly energy updates on YouTube and creates a movement sequence for you designed to support you and your process as we go through each month. Stephen is also a wonderful meditation teacher and so you will have access to a library of short digestible meditations from him. As soon as you join, you will also get access to our bonus intuitive power workshop. This was a tour that we took to several different countries a couple of years ago, and we had it professionally filmed. So you will be able to watch a four and a half hour video workshop where both myself and Stephen teach you about accessing and owning your intuition in a deeper way. 
And to round all of this out, we have special member discounts on courses of mine. We also have special music playlists each month. One set of songs designed to help soothe you and one set of songs designed to get you moving. And last year, we brought to the portal something I have wanted to do for a very long time, The Portal Presents. It's where I get to invite some incredible teachers, creatives, healers, musicians into the portal. And every month we spotlight one of them where they deliver an on-camera teaching specifically for our portal members. It's a beautiful new feature. We have had some incredible people coming in and we've got some amazing people lined up for the next year. And the final aspect of the portal is mine and my team's favorite. It's the community energy. So as well as having a private members forum inside the portal, for those of you who aren't on social media, we also have a private moderated Facebook group exclusively for portal members. This is where so many members get to share what they're experiencing, things they're learning, people they're enjoying, and essentially connecting you with people from all over the world who are focused on similar interests to you. My aim with the portal has always been to offer you as much value for your membership as possible. And I feel like in the last year or so, we have really been able to maximize that. So we look forward to welcoming you to the portal and we hope it is a place that can nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. Big love.